This is the Fantasy Road Show. What's up, roadies? We're back with a double feature today. Uh, you know, uh, we've we've uh, you know had some issues with our scheduling. Uh, me personally, because of uh, I'm a truck driver and I'm not always on the same schedule. But uh, we're back for you guys again. It's Truck and Calls. Mike, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, do not apologize for your schedule. You uh, you have a uh, a job that is very important to the america the country yeah, me, to get their goods let me let me clue no. in the roadies what's going on with me and my schedule right now i am in uh columbus ohio home of the ohio state buckeyes oh i o and uh you know we're just getting it over here i'm doing graveyard shifts third shift overnight delivering napa auto parts so that's fun great 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 over here so that's what's going on with me calls what's going on with you how are what what's what's happening in your life? Any updates? Anything noteworthy, or do you just want to get right into it? Um, no, but I would like to make note of the first big UT football game while being a resident of Austin, Texas. We go into <laughs> Tuscaloosa, get the dub. So I will what be taking game. partial credit. I'll, I'll be taking partial credit of the. Texas Longhorns national championship this year. Um, wow. So now I'm going to the game on Saturday. I'm super excited. I've never been actually to a UT football game. So I'm going, uh, going awesome. on Saturday against Wyoming. Super excited about it. Yeah. I'd like to, I was, I actually, I was looking over some things uh, and I might be coming down the week. They play Oklahoma. Come down to uh, Austin to visit. That is in the games in Dallas. Well, I mean, that's fine. The Red River shootouts in Dallas every year. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in it's at the Cotton Bowl every oh, year. Oh, okay. The well, still, Cotton I might Bowl. I might make the trek down to Austin pretty soon. I was just trying to line it up with some good games. Yeah, um, well, that, that game, we we would have to go to Dallas for it. We'll talk about that off air. But, yeah, yeah that, that game's in Dallas every year. While we're in Dallas. Red River well a, shootout. Might as well go to a Cowboys game as well, huh? Yeah, we'll see if the schedule works out that way. Yeah. All right. So um, we are here talking uh, fantasy hitchhikers. This is our waiver wire episode. Um, the hitchhikers. Uh, we're going to give you players to pick them up. Pick them up. We're uh, we're working on some uh, some some quality sound drops. Um, and uh, definitely, we'll definitely got to get that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get some fun stuff going. But um, uh, this is an important episode. We're, you know, talking about players that you should pick up, players that you should consider dropping, um, people to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. So, um, I mean, there's really no other explanation. If you play in fantasy football, you know the waiver wire, just uh, players to add that aren't added. So um, let's, let's kick it off. Um, but before we do so, Mike. Buckle up, motherfucker. All right, so getting right into it, quarterbacks. Um, huh? Yeah, hitchhikers. Yeah, yeah, I do want to preface that this is, for me, this was a difficult ep episode to conceptualize. Ryan is uh, doing a good job of organizing it in my brain. For me, I don't think I add value unless – uh, you show me your roster, show me like exactly what the situation is. I just, I think there's so many factors that determines both on your roster, like how your league values different positions. There's a million different factors. So for me to just kind of blast out a list, it was difficult for you, for my brain to like figure that out. But um, anyways, so if you have questions, reach out directly to either of us on Twitter um, any way that you can, I, I think that's the most effective way. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, early on in the season waivers matter a lot because, um, certain roles start to get defined and you just, you have the opportunity to add some pretty serious, uh, non-injury dependent, uh, pieces on your team. Like, of course, Gus Edwards and Justice Hills are two people we'll talk about, and there's going to always be like week following uh, injury upside type ads, and those are the obvious ones. 
yeah. well, how you can add some serious depth and, and serious pieces on your roster is through these first few weeks, uh, surprise roles, things like that. So, uh, yeah, definitely important. And you could thank the fantasy trucker, uh, for getting this together because I was just about ready to say, fuck waivers <laughs> fuck this bullshit i don't know how to do this blah, yeah blah, it's blah. So. yeah it's the, the the truth of it is it's a case-by-case situation we're going to try to give you the broad picture of it but um it really does differ with everybody's situation so um what we're going to do the best we can and uh um it, it, exactly uh, but yes like mike said if you guys have any individual situations you want us to shine a light on please hit us up directly email the show um hit us up on twitter uh a lot of different forms of uh engagement that we offer so uh make sure you bring us some questions so uh anyway let's kick it off um quarterbacks um uh, we saw quite a bit of quarterbacks play well that aren't very heavily rostered um everybody we talk about uh that's worth being picked up is rostered in less than 50 percent of leagues so if you're in a deep league um obviously a lot of these players that we mentioned aren't going to be available but if you're in a shallow league uh, definitely keep, take a look and see if they are but um the first couple questions i have there's five quarterbacks that i want to make i want to name and uh it's jared goff Matthew Stafford, Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, and Mac Jones. All of these players came out and played well. Uh, Jared Goff went ahead and beat Chiefs in uh, uh, in Kansas City. Matthew Stafford, in my opinion, biggest upset of the week. Stafford played well without Cooper Cup. You got Brock Purdy on one of the best te- the best teams in the NFL. Jordan Love, I don't want to say many good things about him, but he looked good, you know. And then uh, Mac Jones he threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So, Mike, out of those five quarterbacks, are, are any of those on the list you're willing to pick up if if you're not happy with your quarterback room or if you're in a super flex? Well, super flex is an entirely different ta- conversation because they're probably not on the waiver wire. Very true. They're definitely not on the waiver wire. But um, so here's like the perfect example of like how it just – this is difficult for me, but I would like to preface it by saying I wouldn't pick up any of these quarterbacks. Um, they're all still streamable in my mind. Like most leagues, most one quarterback leagues till this point, most leagues are one quarterback. New leagues are starting to be super flex, definitely. Yeah. But for the most part, one quarterback leagues is still kind of the way to go. And most of those leagues don't roster two quarterbacks. There's a very there's a very wide range of quarterbacks on the waiver wire. So that being said, I'm in a, I'm in a few of these leagues, for example, and you know, I, I tried to target top tier quarterbacks. If that's the case, I'm not picking up any of these guys. Uh, however, there is a, there is a case where, you know, if I wasn't getting those top tier guys, I was getting, um, Daniel Jones. So if you're in a position where Daniel Jones had a bad week one, um, I'm personally not freaking out about that yet. Um, I'm riding him week two. He's got, he's playing at Arizona. Um, so, you know, I think that'll definitely be a big bounce back game for him. But um, so like maybe I could see a scenario where you have a uh, you have you have a spot on your roster to where um, maybe someone got injured and you're putting them an eye on IR, on IR and you have a roster spot available and you'd feel more comfortable rostering another quarterback. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my rankings for you here, but. For the most part, those five quarterbacks that you named, they're all in the same tier. Stafford, Goff, Love, to me, are for sure in the same tier. And you could probably throw Purdy in there as well just because of his situation and how good it is. Mac Jones, not necessarily in that tier. I still think he's in a tier below them. But, I mean, if you're going to have four or five of these guys on your on your waivers, I'm not – one of them doesn't stand out to me to where it's like this guy's got a legit shot to be top 10. You want him. Um, so I would use that roster spot elsewhere to add depth at those other positions that you've seen. It's going to be, I mean, it's just always so many injuries, so you need depth, but 
yeah, if you have four or five of these guys that are in the same tier, why would you just like add one to sit on your bench? And it's going to be essentially matchup dependent on who is better than the other ones regardless. So that's the way that I look at it. For example, in my, in my, in my league where I have Daniel Jones, I'm not going to add any quarterback because I just don't see, I think I had Dobbins. So I will have a, I will have a, uh, a, a roster um, spot available, but I'm not going to add one of these guys. Cause if Daniel Jones doesn't work in week three, or in week two, and he's playing one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I'm worried about how his performance is, I'm going to just go and get one of these guys who has the best week three matchup, you know? Yeah. That being said, like, let's go through our rest of the season rankings for these three guys, or for these five guys. Um, And quite frankly, I don't think mine really changed that much, but uh, I have Stafford one, Goff two, Love three, Purdy four, and Mac Jones five. So that's my rankings there. Um, I think Stafford proved how good he is. He threw for 334 yards. There was no touchdowns, but you know he doesn't have Cooper Cup. When he gets Cooper Cup back, hopefully he gets Cooper Cup back. I mean, yeah. if he if he's back week five, I think everyone's a sigh of relief and really happy. Yeah, uh, there. So you know his his situation is concerning, but. For him to go on the road in Seattle, which has historically been a tough environment to play in, and get 334 yards and no tu- no touchdowns, no interceptions, but like with that ragtag group he's got there to be able to do that shows you his his, his skill and his talent is still there. He seems to be healthy. Um, so yeah, that's who I got. What, what do you who do you have on the top of that list? Yeah, Stafford's at the top of my list. Um, yeah, from what we crazy. saw, what we saw him do. Against Seattle's defense, which going into the season was, you know, decent defense. So saw him do that without Cooper Cup. It's just very intriguing. Um, and Stafford looked really good. So he's at the top of my list. Um, but yep. Jared Goff is number two for me as well. Uh, and then I would per- put Brock Purdy above Jordan Love. Um, I, you know, I, don't, I, I hope that there's not any bias in there because of what I saw on Sunday. But I think that I would rather take Brock Purdy over Jordan Love currently. Uh, and then Mac Jones is just someone to keep an eye on. Putting up 24 fantasy points on uh, on a Philly defense, it's not it's not something to just kind of look past to me. Uh, Mac Jones looked really good, but uh, he's at the bottom of my tier right there. Um, so that's kind of where I have them ranked. But if yeah. you're if you're looking to pick up another quarterback, it's Stafford for us. If not Stafford, then it's Goff, and uh, kind of keep it there. But uh, definitely keep an eye on Jordan Love. Definitely keep an eye on Brock Purdy. Uh, also Mac Jones and even Sam Howell down there too. Um, keep an eye on them moving forward. But I think that's about it for me for quarterbacks. Yeah, I I probably wouldn't pick up anyone, but if you felt like you had to, it'd be Stafford. I mean, yeah, you're, I think you're going to be in a situation where week five comes around and Stafford will probably still be on the waiver wire. So, you know, if you wanted to wait, see how your roster shakes out and then add him when Cooper Cup's coming back, that may make more sense, but. Yeah. All right. Well, how about running backs? Um, uh, this is going to be a deeper list. Um, these are going to be guys that um, had a good week. Obviously, I, out of most lists, you're going to see a lot of these names. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and list off. I'll, I'm going to list off all of them. Uh, there's a lot of names here, but uh, these are names that need to be uh, mentioned. So Jalen Warren, Tyler Algier, Kenneth Gainwell, Tajay Spears, Kyron Williams, Zach Moss, Roshan Johnson, Chuba Hubbard, Joshua Kelly, Ty Chandler, Jerome Ford, Tank Bigsby, Devon A-Chain, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill. And then as a caveat, Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette. So these are all running backs that I just listed. There's a lot of them there. They're all rostered in less than 50% of leagues, some more than others. uh, But... Mike, who I, I'm curious, who's at the top of the all the running backs I just listed there? Who are you most interested in for the rest of the season? Give me like uh, maybe maybe let's give me your top five uh, in the in these rest of the season. Yeah, my top five is Algier, Gainwell, Kyron Williams, Jalen Warren, Roshan, uh, and then Spears is number six. Um, 
Algier, like I think that should give you some confidence on him having a pretty serious role for the Falcons. Definitely. Um, you know, a lot of that was game script and how they were in control late in the game. I don't expect that to really be the case a lot for the Falcons. I do have them winning the division. I do think the Saints look pretty good also, but I have the Falcons winning the game, winning the division, but in order to do so, they're going to have to win a lot of close games. Um, so, you know, game script did matter there, but I do think you can be confident now as you're having a serious role. Um, and like you may question, especially how I felt about Gainwell up until this point. Why do I have Algier ahead of Gainwell? Well, I think Gainwell, I don't think his role is as solidified, to be honest. Like, yeah, he, the week one usage would tell a different story, but yeah. I don't necessarily think that story is written um i think that like i just think that he was gonna get first shot at being the starting quarterback or starting running back which he did and he did a good job but that doesn't mean that the eagles aren't gonna look to continue to improve their offense throughout the year um you know you have a quick turnaround in, in on thursday night playing at home against the vikings well guess who didn't take many hits on Sunday, just, you know, four days prior to this next start, DeAndre Swift. So I think DeAndre Swift is going to have honestly higher usage than Gainwell in game two. Okay. So, I mean, to me, that's just logical. Like that's going to be a no brainer. You're going to hear fucking overreacting dumbasses that are going to be like, Oh my God, is it DeAndre Swift's backfield? It's like, no, have you ever fucking watched football before? Like every game is different. The backfield can look different. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, you're going to see that all season long with the chiefs of they're going to ride hot hands. You're going to have three guys involved. Like it's not Gainwell's backfield and he's not the surefire number one, uh, the surefire, you know, he, he's not going to be a bell cow. You're going to see Swift get his touches. And I think you're going to see it game two in against Minnesota. So that's why I have Gainwell at number two behind Algier. I don't know what, what, what's, what's your, uh, I guess, give me your like top two and then we'll work down from there. Yeah. It's my top two are Algier and, and Gainwell. Um, uh, but I think yeah. I have Gainwell higher than Algier. Um, just for the reason that I, you know, very similar to the Detroit situation. I see Bijan's role going to increase. Detroit very similar to the Detroit situation. So like where, what you, what you saw with uh, David Montgomery and um, Jameer Gibbs, how everyone's saying Jameer Gibbs, role is going to increase as the games go on. You're going to see wow. more carries. You're going to see more usage. His snap percentage is going to increase as the year goes on. And I think it's going to be the same for Bijan. I think well, what you, you saw, those are different though. Like Bijan was a starting running back. Like no, you I can't compare Algier to, you, I guess you can kind of in a role, but those are in totally two different places. Right? Yes, like all I'm all Bijan's I'm starting running back. All I'm comparing is the limited role that both Gibbs running Gibbs, a rookie running back. Yes, the both. Yeah. Yes, the rookie running back situation to me is comparable with their usage on their team and their offensive snaps. I think both situations are going to increase, so that's what I'm comparing, and I think that um, Algiers' role is going to decrease as a result of that as the games go on. So that's yeah. my only reasoning is, and I think Gainwell, um, as, as, as I agree that that story is not fully written. I think Deandre Swift's role is going to increase as the yeah. games go on, but I do think that Gainwell is the number one running back. And I think that's going to produce a lot more points, um, for my team rather than Algier on a, on a season long basis. So I'm putting Gainwell at my number one, uh, ahead of Algier. And that's kind of my reasoning why. Yeah, so I think that I I know I I guess I I can kind of see what you mean by the Detroit comparing Detroit and Atlanta. However, I think it's flipped. I I, I think the the role and what the skill set that Algier and and Montgomery bring is very similar. However, I think Montgomery's a starting running back and 
probably remains the starting running back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know that you're going to ever see Gibbs be even close to what a Bijan will be in Atlanta. Like, here you're seeing it flip to where Bijan's starting running back, but he still is a rookie, so they're not going to just say, here's 30 touches a game. Yeah. However, like, I do foresee that in Bijan's future probably sooner than later. Uh, whereas Gibbs, like... I don't know if we'll see that really this year. I think Montgomery's going to be their running back. You know, yeah. Like based Campbell on likes to have a starting running back that fucking pounds the ball. Exactly. That being said, like I do see what you mean by those. That's like the role. It's just going to be. So yeah, I, I know what you mean by that. Um, yeah, I just and, and I, would I agree, but kind of not. Yeah, no, I I agree with what you said. How you think um, Bijan that role is going to increase at a faster pace than but he's already the starter. Yes. Right? There's the huge and, difference. And that like Gibbs got what, like 10, I, I forget what touches he, he almost had like 10 or 11 touches, something small. Yes. But, um, but you know, and Bijan like surprisingly had less. That being said, the other one was a football game, the entire game, literally till the end. Yeah. Bijan didn't really play in the fourth quarter. So, from like Bijan would have ended that game if it was a tight game with, you know, 25 touches, whatever. I think he had 10 rushes and six catches. So 16, yeah. that would have been 22 mid twenties had that game been closer, but Falcons were, you know, in the lead in the fourth and that's when Algier kind of pounded the ball through. So yeah, game skip game script matters, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, I agree with Gainwell. He's the running back one. You know, that said, like, that will be, that will potentially change, right? It's like if Swift comes out and just shows that he is at a different level talent wise, then you're going to see that production split start to, you know. uh, That being said, like, I saw you had, you know, you also wrote out running backs to drop. Um, so these are guys that are on benches. Like I think Rashad Penny's clearly the odd man out and he's droppable in my mind. Yeah. Um, so here on your potential players to drop list, you have Zeke, Penny, McKinnon, Mitchell Swift. Uh, Penny is the only one I'm dropping in that situation. McKinnon is probably like fringe fringe eventually. Like, he clearly still has that receiving role um, and we'll have to see that play out for another couple games. But like week four, if McKinnon doesn't have any production, he's on the chopping block for me. But on, on the um, verse side of that, I mean, has, as bad as the Chiefs receivers were, you could see maybe they lean on McKinnon more. Because- yeah, that's why it's going to take four weeks to see how that offense actually kind of ends up. Yeah. Um, you know, it ends up shaking out, but. I don't, I don't know that with Clyde there, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not buying any shares of McKinnon. Uh, yeah. Well, no, even I'm just if saying, you're buying low, I'm not yeah. buying low on McKinnon right now. I just want to help people kind of go through the realization as, as they look at their rosters um, and they had people with these down weeks or these down games um, and they're considering dropping them. So I just wanted to cover those. I think those, I are- mean, I would consider picking up Algier Gainwell Kyron Williams and dropping a McKinnon. Let's put it that way. Okay. I would feel totally confident doing that right now, even after one game. Um, So yeah, that's how I have that. And then Kyron, I have him at three. I think you may have that a little bit different. Yeah. I, I I do think Kyron, I'm a, I'm on acres too. And I, (laughs) I like acres. I'm invested. I have shares in acres, but, Kyron Williams scares me because of it just looks like the Rams don't like Cam. Like the, he seems to be the RB one A there, and Acres kind of the one B. Um, I'm probably looking to get Kyron Williams in almost. So I don't think I'm going to ever see Algier and Gainwell in the leagues that I'm in. I don't. I won't see them on the on the waivers much. I will see Kyron. And he's probably who I'm targeting to 
try to get in every single league and probably comfortable burning waivers on him too. So I think uh, it sucks for acres, but I think Kyron Williams gun to my head. I think he's the guy there to own. Um, so yeah, that, I think it's, I think it's going to be messy throughout the majority of the season with those two. It's just going to be a, um, a split backfield uh, timeshare with those two. And maybe yeah, but I, if he has the ability, if they're giving him the opportunity to run away with that job and like, he could want he could run away with that job. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. what's scary to me about it is, you know, like you're saying, it's never going to be, it's not going to be the game. Well, Belkow, like we thought, right. And now it's not even looking like he's the number one running back there. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a one, a one B situation. And if, and I think given that if Kyron has success, he is the likely, he is the more likely Belkow at this yeah. point. Yeah. No, I feel that crazy to even say. Yeah, I just in my mind and in, in the way I see it, um, I just I in, in the immediate in the next five weeks, I don't see him really taking that job away from. Uh, I think it'll take longer. Vibes a lot. Yeah, I think it'll. I, I think it'll three, take. I could if you said three, I'd agree with you more. Five's a lot, man. Five's a lot of weeks. Like teams will know who they are by weeks five more games so week six is over weeks heading into weeks six seven teams know who they are rams will know if they're playing for a playoff spot like if they're if they get cut back and they're four and two then they're gonna make they're gonna plant their flag on someone you know what i mean like that's yeah within the next couple weeks they're definitely gonna be feeling everything out and seeing who's but that's decision time so you know um, I don't know though. That'll be interesting. There's going to be a lot to play out there. And like we talked about preseason, that is going to be a running back room. That's going to have fantasy production tied to it because of what their offense looks like and where they need to make up production. So yeah, definitely take a stance on if you're in or out and aggressively pursue it would be my advice which i'm going to do and i'm going to do it with kyron yeah that makes sense i get where you're coming from i just think it'll take a little bit longer um to develop but uh it's i could be wrong in that sense so but uh, you're not going to have that time is my point like kyron williams is being picked up right now he's not going to be there in five weeks no i understand that that i'm just talking about him I'm, i'm talking about him running away with the job i just pick him up because he's going to be utilized in this offense he looks like he's the goal line back. He looks like he's going to be the one A to Cam Akers one B, but I just think it'll be more than a few weeks before he actually runs away with the job. That's all I was he saying. He may never run away with the job, but your only exactly. opportunity to roster him is right now. Yeah. So take the chance. So pick him you, up. Yeah. If you if you believe in him, then pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I personally have Jalen Warren over Kyron. Um, I think Jalen Warren, uh, obviously the Steelers didn't do well, but they went against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. So I'd kind of just not really, you know, look at that too much, but uh, they're going to utilize Jalen Warren a lot in that offense. And uh, I think I'd rather have him over Kyron and Roshan. And, um, but yeah, Roshan Johnson looked really good for the bears. I mean, he was kind of the one bright spot fantasy wise. uh, And I think it's just a matter of time before they realize that he's the best running back. And, uh, he, he trucked somebody, man. He fucking laid the hit stick on someone. That was nice. Um, How are we going to clip those so we can do a truck segment? Oh, yeah, we should. We I don't should. know how to do that. Well, I, we don't have the NFL rights to um, replay games, but we can, we, we can do we it show until clips. we get We're not big enough to not do that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll compile some clips. on. How, how do you do that, though? You can um, get them on YouTube, clip them, and we can do a truck screen segment. share. Yeah, oh, dude, we got to do that. All right. Uh, which episode do we do that on? Like maybe uh, a quick tr- truck segment on green light, red light, green light. I was going to even say reactions. Uh, it had to be reactions. reactions. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a quick turn. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll do a truck. Uh, Conklin had a nice one. Um, so. I love that the truck segment will be uh, must watch TV. Yeah, that's you gonna just, be fun. 
You just got trucked. You just got trucked. All right. So in, in deeper formats, though, I mean, we talked about some of the main ones that most uh, most of the outlets are going to be talking about. But um, uh, in a deeper setting, man, Joshua Kelly looked really good, uh, heavily utilized in this Chargers offense. And the Chargers are going to be really good. So he's someone to keep a look at, uh, keep an eye on. Uh, Zach Moss, I know Mike feels uh, that Zach Moss is going to come into this Colts offense and be the number one. Well, who did back. you have at five? Um, at five, I had Kyron. So it goes for me, it goes Gainwell, like Algier. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Spears. Uh, uh, no, no, Kane. Oh, here we go. It's Gainwell, Algier, uh, Warren, Kyron, and uh, Roshan. Roshan's five. And then I have Tajay Spears at six um, okay. as far as my running backs to pick up here. Uh, yeah. You know, Spears, it was great. He had a, a lot of snaps, but didn't do much with them. So I'd like to see uh, that change uh, in his production from the opportunity that he's getting, uh, but definitely yeah. intriguing. Um, yeah, but- I have Roshan over Spears um, because I think Roshan was clearly the best back for Chicago, or at least like brought them the most. He was the biggest spark plug. Yeah. Uh, he brought the most energy to that offense late in the game when everyone was pretty much depressed at that point. The boots yeah. had been out for at least a quarter already, um, but he did show to be a pretty bright spot. So, you know, I think his role is only going to increase. I could see him eventually being a bell cow there. Yeah. Um, like, not maybe this season or certainly not until way later, but he's the full package, clearly the best running back on the team. Um, so I have him over Spears because of that. I also think um, obviously you have King Henry, but he was their clear third down back. And he, I, I just think the Titans are going to have a really bad year. So that scares me, but he's a huge, he's a great talent and you could expect him to definitely be someone to pick up. Um, but yeah, go into the deeper guys because I think that's where a lot of these, at least a lot of the leagues I'm in, that's kind of where more um, decisions come in. Yeah, so it, it kind of in the more so the more rostered deeper side of things. Um, I know Tank Bigsby is only 27% owned. Yeah, he didn't have that great of a role, but he's definitely someone to keep an eye out because the Jags are going to be good, and Tank will have a role as the season progresses. So um, didn't have a stellar week one, but someone to definitely keep an eye on on your waivers. Well, yeah, so I, to twist your words a little bit, like I think – he does like I think that is his role. I think that's what his role is always expected to be. It's just people thought he was going to be way better, which he wasn't. He punched in the touchdown, but he was what seven for thirteen. Like if you're going to tell me seven, like from what everyone was saying preseason, goal line back seven to ten carries is probably what Tank's role is, right, and is going to be. I just don't think he was very good, so. Um, that role is going to remain, I imagine, right? Like they're not going to just decrease it right away. It was just, everyone thought tank is this hype. He was the most fucking hyped player in preseason. (laughs) So they thought seven to 10 carries, holy shit. He's going to get 60 to 70 yards and he's going to punch in all those touchdowns, those goal line touchdowns. And he's going to slowly take away the backfield from ETN and like, so his role is his role and it is it, like he just wasn't very good. So ETN was awesome. So like uh, to me that's a ga- exactly what we had been saying and had thought is this is ETN's backfield. You're all fucking crazy just cuz Jank Bigsby's, you know, looking great. Um doesn't mean it's he's going to uh, to me it was his role it, 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 that's the role that we expected to see. It was just everyone thought he was going to be some amazing running back with that role. I don't think it changes ZTN's backfield. He looked outstanding. Like to me, it was pretty, you know, pretty clear cut. So I don't know. That's how I feel about Tank. Um, yeah, I I just think he's worth touchdown keeping an eye dependent. On. He's going to be touchdown dependent running back. Yeah, all season long. Yeah. Yeah, if you own ETN and Bigsby's on the on the waivers, it, you know he's definitely a great handcuff to have. Uh, but yeah, it, no, you're right. He has a seven to ten carries, goal line work, touchdown dependent. Um, yeah, that's kind of where he's at. But definitely keep an eye on him. Um, Devon A. Chain, 
is someone to keep an eye on. Um, you know, he's only 25% rostered. Uh, you know, no, he didn't really come out and play well, but he's just, he's a really fast running back on a really good offense. Like I, I think there's going to be a role there later on. Touches so, will increase. Yeah. yeah. Just keep an eye on him as the weeks progress. Definitely don't need to go after him week one. Um, now Joshua Kelly, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Jerome Ford, uh, Ty Chandler, Leonard Fournette, um, Kareem Hunt. Like, where do you do you see any value in those names I just mentioned? Um, what What do you see in those? Yeah. So now we're talking about like deeper leagues. So I wouldn't. I'm not touching Fournette or Hunt. I just don't believe wasting a roster spot on someone who's not on an NFL team. Yeah. Um, so I mean. Some people may think otherwise and take risk there. I just can't imagine. There's no one on my teams where I would drop for either of them. Um, so maybe like if you didn't have a great draft and I don't know, show me your rosters. Cause if you have someone on your team that you would drop for hunt and Fournette, then you need to listen more next year or just draft straight from our rankings because you shouldn't have anyone so bad that you're going to get two guys who are free agents on your roster. Yeah. Um, so with that being said though, there's teams right now with the Ravens, the Ravens are very likely to go out and get someone. Are they going to go the rest of the season with Gus Edwards and justice Hill? Like that's one of the big questions after week one. And then the Colts, like, are they, are they going to ride it out with Deion Jackson, Evan Hull and Zach Moss? Like uh, as soon as Fournette or Kareem get signed to either the Colts or the Ravens, like, do they just catapult to the top of this list? Yeah. But like, I I'm not taking that. I'm not dropping an asset for what I potential. think could be an asset. And in reality, that role is not going to be as good as you think it's going to be. So you know what I mean? I'm just, um, these are so. questions people are asking themselves. No, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that's not. I wasn't saying you specifically. I'm saying you as in fantasy owner. Like, you're gonna think that this role for Fournette or Hunt is, is gonna, oh, they're so like, they're not gonna be that good. They're gonna be an outside thirty running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's not worth. You're you're taking on risk. Uh, you're taking you're taking on risk that like there's zero value currently you're taking on risk and the reward is really not even going to be worth what you're probably thinking in your head so yeah for for me though we're working into deep deep league targets and my surefire number one is going to be kyron williams we already talked about him um I look at Joshua Kelly as someone who has week two serious value. So if you're looking for a short-term answer, Josh Kelly is probably going to be the starting running back for the Chargers um, because I think that Eckler, from what we've heard early on, is that Eckler's not practicing this week, which means – I'm probably taking the risk that that means he's not going to play and it's early in the season. So why would you put him in a re-injury risk, a high re-injury risk situation? Probably won't. So I'm going to think Josh Kelly is the starting running back for the chargers. And if he is, that's probably a top 15 role. Uh, You know, he has, he has a good shot at a top 15, maybe top 10 weeks. So I would roster him if you need a short term fix uh, it looks like he had a little bit of a role and the chargers have been searching for that. Like, you know, they thought it was going to be Spiller and it wasn't. Uh, so if Kelly continues to perform well, then he's going to have some value, maybe some standalone value, especially in games that, you know, they have the lead. So let me uh, ask you Kelly, a quick, let me ask you a quick question. Kelly? If yeah, hypothetically speaking, if Austin Eckler right now, this very moment was ruled out for week two, how far does Josh Kelly move up on the first five guys we talked about? Are you taking him over any of those guys? Uh, no, no. I like that's where it depends on need. Um, it depends. Like if you were planning on starting one of those guys that we named, then like 
you're probably not in a very good spot. <laughs> um, for example, like, yeah, I'm in a situation where I was hammering wide receiver. I have insane receivers, but I had Dobbins as one of my running backs and my RB two is now becoming Antonio Gibson. And I don't really have much long, like a lot of season value or depth at running back, but I have so much at wide receiver. So I have to either start hounding people for trades or I have to add someone that I see here. And that's why I'm attracted to Kyron Williams, because not only is he a quote unquote short term fix, but he seems to have a good role long term. Um, And these other guys have current roles right now. Kelly could have a very big role short term week two and maybe something later on. We don't know. Yeah. But if I was scrambling and just needed to fill a starting roster spot for, uh, to be, feel confident that I'm going to, you know, get a quick win and don't want to start Owen two, then Josh Kelly becomes important or becomes a higher priority because that's what my need is. Right. Yeah. Like if you have two starting running backs, there's not a lot of value, Josh Kelly value for you. Um, that being said, if I'm looking at staring down the barrel of Antonio Gibson as my starting running back, that becomes a that becomes a higher priority for me because you know he's top fifteen this week. You know I don't need to go into that more, but yeah, yeah. that's how I look at it. And then Zach Moss, like he's probably number three on that deep league list for me because I do think he's going to be the Colts running back. I don't think the Colts are going to go out and get Hunt. They already had that opportunity. Um, uh, To me, they're going to give Moss a shot. He's going to either do well or not. And uh, I assume he's going to do well, at least better than Hull and better than Deion Jackson. So you don't have a great starting running back, but you have a starting running back. <laughs> so that's what you're left with. Moss, starting, yeah, starting running backs are valuable no matter what. You know. Yeah. Yep. Um, all I, right. Well, I I, I yeah. do feel comfortable. Oh, Ravens. Huh? No, Ravens. We got to talk about the Ravens. Oh yeah, Gus Edwards um, and Justice Hill. I don't know. <laughs> I don't love the idea of burning a waiver on either of the guys. Um, I think maybe if they're there after waivers expire, grab one. If you, I don't know. Like historically, the Ravens have just kind of ran with it. They have Melvin Gordon, who I think is absolute dog shit. So he's not a legitimate option, but like they've ran with Edwards Hill in the past and it's been okay, but it's not great. Um, If I am the Ravens, which I'm not, but if I am, I look for a Hunt or a Fournette, bring him in, see who looks better, sign that guy, um, and then go with him probably a higher share of Edwards and then, uh, you know, Hill, uh, a little bit, but to me, it's Edwards over Hill. Edwards was banged up during, uh, preseason. So that's why I think you saw more Hill than Edwards in week, week one. Uh, they weren't really expecting to use him, but now that he becomes, there's a need there, then they're going to start to ramp him up a little bit more. Yeah. So for me, it's Edwards over Hill and then bring in both, hunt bring in Fournette work them out and see who looks better and try to sign that guy but you know until we hear that I'm not adding either of those guys you know what I mean yeah I'm I'm right there with you I think I lean Hill over Edwards but uh I I'm probably not wasting a a priority on them or or much fab at all yeah and I mean Hill like that's that's an easy thing to say, right? Like Hill got the what what did he even end up with though? Like I think it was not like he had like seven carries for eight yards. Yeah, two touchdowns. <laughs> like like yeah. Yeah, he was the guy when Dobbins went down, but he didn't look that good. And in my mind, you know, I could be wrong. I don't know what what, what the Ravens thought process is, but in my mind. Dobbins was the running back one. They didn't expect him to fucking tear his Achilles. And because Gus Edwards, the Gus bus was, you know, banged up in the preseason, he wasn't fully ramped up, but they weren't expecting them to come in and have to be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
Dobbins was their running back, and then they were going to stagger him with Hill. So does that change? I mean, Edwards did have – Yeah, eight Edwards had eight. Yeah, he had eight carries, so he wasn't necessarily not used. It was just Hill was their – Goal line back. Goal line back. He was eight for nine. Like, that's just – it's not – I don't know. I'm going Gus over Hill. I think when it comes to like what is Dobbins' role, where is that going to go to? Uh, it's going to be more Gus than than Hill, but they're going to both be involved, and it looks like Hill's the goal line back. So yeah, go Hill becomes in my mind touchdown dependent, and Gus Edwards probably has the, the majority role there, the majority of the role there until they figure something out. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's jump to wide receivers. Um, uh, got some big names, big names on the board here. Um, I'm just going to start them off. You got Puka, Nakua, uh, Tutu Atwell, Zay Jones, Romeo Dobbs, Rashid Shahid, Jaden Reed, Kendrick Bourne. What, what, out of those names, that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven names. Um, I think that's a great place to start. What do, Where do you list them? Um, as a caveat, I got Puka at number one. I have Romeo Dobbs at number one. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Puka. I mean, I love both of these guys. I was high on them in the preseason, so I'm happy they're both. We're built. We're talking about both of them this highly. Um, I have Dobbs, Puka, Shahid, Zay Jones, Kendrick Bourne as my top five. Okay. Um, Dobbs to me seems like he has a very good chemistry with love. We saw it a little bit in preseason. You're going to get Watson back, but Dobbs was also banged up and was on a snap count against the bears. Yeah. Bears are all just so fucking shitty, um, (laughs) that he was able to get two touchdowns on a snap count. (laughs) The bears are so bad at football that he was on a snap count and got two touchdowns. Yeah. No, but but for real, I like Dobbs, and I think yeah, Love has a very good chemistry with him. So for me, like long term value this season, I just value Dobbs a little bit higher than Puka, because let's face it, if and when Cup comes back, his role changes. He is in the Cup role right now, so that's why you saw fifteen targets, ten catches. That being said, like. Is Cup coming back week five? I wouldn't necessarily say that's a sure thing. Um, so maybe if they, and if that's the case, then Puka is by and large number one here. So yeah. is that a risk that you're willing to take? Probably, yeah. I would honestly say yes. Um, but, you know, I, I could probably talk myself into going Puka one and Dobbs two right now. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Just from like, what is your confidence in cup being back and healthy? If it is, you know, week five, then Dobbs is probably the right pick. But if it's not, and I don't know, that scares me. I think either way, Puka will win the wide receiver two job by that. I think he already probably has. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, so that's, those are by, those are by far the top two for me. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm Puka over Dobbs, but, uh, those are both, uh, high on the list. Um, Puka, obviously just from what we saw, I think he deserves to be number one. Um, Dobbs, I think, uh, that, that usage looks different once, uh, Christian Watson comes back in the picture. Um, but he was on a snap count. So like, yeah, it's going to look different, but it's not going to look crazy different. Like I, I think. Dobbs is like a very good wide receiver too, um, yeah. especially because he's on an offense that like is young and roles are being defined. And, you know, I, I just think, I, I, I think Dobbs is going to be a really good quarter uh, wide receiver and someone that you want to own in fantasy football, you know? Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, um, so the, go ahead. Oh, no, you go for it. Um, I like Zay Jones. Um, I mean, 
the wide receiver two in Jacksonville is going to be uh, valuable. And it looks like that's Zay Jones. Um, I mean, yeah, it's possible next week you can come out and Christian Kirk can turn things around, but it looks like on the two wide receiver sets, it's Zay and uh, Calvin Ridley. So um, Zay Jones is going to have some value uh, for the rest of the season. I think so. He's definitely in contention. If you lose out on Puka, you lose out on Dobbs, take your chance on Zay Jones. Um, he could be a spot start for you during uh, those bye weeks. Yeah, I have Shahid at three and then four Zay. Um, I'm just not like, can Zay really be the wide receiver too for the Jags? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, Zay was good last year. Zay was good in his in his. I know, and I, three he, role. Good. he is good, and I like him for sure. But like, I know I don't I don't necessarily I'll, fully believe yet. I still I am holding either. out hope that Christian Kirk is going to turn it around next week. I cannot. I just can't believe that. I can't believe that. Yeah. End of story. So that's why okay. I have Shahid. But yeah, I mean. To be honest, the ceiling is way higher for Zay than Shahid, given that he, in some crazy fucked up world, could be wide receiver two there. If he is, then his he's a thousand yard receiver. So yeah, um, definitely has the um, higher ceiling. Uh, I could probably be flipped between those two right now, but I don't know. I'm I don't think Zay Jones is the wide receiver two. Certainly looked that way. Literally, Kirk was not starting. He he was didn't get one snap in a two ride receiver set. So it certainly looks that way. But I'm just not accepting that yet. <laughs> I can't. Like I yeah. need to see it again yeah. and again. Um, so yeah, um, that's where I'm at. There, I, I really don't even think we need to spend a lot of time on receivers like we did running back. I think running back is the very important one because yeah. there's such high stakes um, and it's such a position where like that volatility is where you get your main advantages Yeah, here. You're not really getting a game changer in your wide receiver room. Dobbs, Puka. Yeah, I think they are Shahid Zay. You can make an argument, but probably not. You probably have better receivers born. Like if you think Mac Jones is going to throw for 300 yards every week, then yes. Um, Jaden Reed, like, you know, he's going to have a good solid, slot role and he's gonna be consistent and but like how deep is your league to where you're gonna ever start Jaden Reed um now what about um let's play a little game on uh would you drop any any of these players um Tyler Boyd would you drop Tyler Boyd people are gonna be considering it no, but I don't have them rostered. So, like, well, let's it in this case picture this person. The next name I name is going to be the last, drop, your worst player. I would drop Boyd for Dobbs and Puka. Probably, okay, but there we go. About that's about it. Okay, Kadarius Tony. No, I wouldn't drop Tony or Sky yet. Um, I would drop Gallup, Rondale Moore. Or Dobbs and Puka. Okay. Um, Mooney. Would you? <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, for, for Dobbs, yeah, I would drop almost all of those guys that you have listed. Sorry, I, we probably, we should go through, work through it the way that you were going to. Yeah, I was just, I'm, I'm just going to name, I was just going to name off names and you say yes or no. Would you, are you willing to drop them if they were the worst wide receiver on your team and you need and Dobbs you need hookah though? Well, like, not even, not even that. Like say like in your perfect example of what, how your teams are looking, how you went wide receiver deep and you, you need help at running back. So say, say these are the worst wide receivers on your team and you need to add more depth at running back. Are you, you're not dropping Kadarius Tony? No. Okay, so Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, let's you're not back. dropping. Sorry for just hammering through that. Let's go back to what yes, let's do that. It's way better for both radio and just I I just like it's so hard for my brain to do this. All right. So <laughs> all right. Would I let's start from the beginning. Yeah. So would you drop Tyler Boyd for a running back if you needed help? <laughs> God, this is so hard to do. Um, yes. 
You would drop Tyler Boyd because people. These are all. This is a list yes. of players that are I wouldn't. He wouldn't be on my team time. in the first place. So, yes. 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 Okay. I would drop. And you're saying we already we already covered Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. You're going to hold on to them just in case. Uh, yes, I would have held on to both of them. Okay, Michael Gallup. He's wouldn't be on my roster regardless. Okay. So, All right. Yes. But just for yes, for the sake of the game, these guys are on your roster, and they are the worst wide receiver on your roster. Okay, um, Rondell Moore. Um, he, yeah, I would drop him. Okay, and Darnell Mooney. Um, I mean, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Juju, Juju Smith Schuster, one of the highestly highest rostered players on this list. Would you drop Juju Smith Schuster for any of the wide receivers we named or running backs we talked about earlier? Yeah, and he would never be on my roster, like I've been saying about, like, if you, Juju Smith-Schuster was on my red light list, he was on my do not draft list, he was on my dog shit overrated wide receiver who doesn't have knees and really hasn't done anything since he was on the Steelers list, he fucking sucks. So, yes, I would drop him. Okay. Traylon Burks. For Dobbs or Puka? Yeah. Yeah, I would drop him. I mean, I just think Tannehill's – I think the Titans are going to be bad. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I would drop him for Romeo Dobbs or Puka. But okay. I think I was drafting all – like, I'm pretty sure I was drafting those guys before pretty much everyone you named. Yeah, yeah, I'm just uh, this guy besides Sky and Tony. This list is for the roadies out there that either had made bad Didn't decisions and drafts. A single thing we said. Let period. me talk for a second, <laughs> okay? Stop talking over me. These this list is for the roadies out there that either had a bad draft, made wrong decisions, didn't listen to us completely, but they they took Juju because they panicked in a second at their draft. They took Traylon Burks because they didn't realize what they were doing. These these players are heavily rostered. And people need to see these names and consider dropping them on their teams because this they I agree with you. I would drop everybody on this list. I would drop Kadarius Tony. I would drop Sky Moore for these players that we just talked about. The wide receivers and running backs are going to hold more value in the immediate and in the long term. So I would drop Tyler Boyd. I would drop Kadarius Tony, uh, Michael Gallup, Ron Delmore. As hard as it hurts me to drop Darnell Mooney. Like I, he's obviously well, the, the ones that talk about are Sky Moore and Tony because those you actually spent draft capital on, and I guess Juju if you're and that stupid. Juju and Traylon Burks. Those those Traylon Juju, Burks. Sky Moore, Traylon Burks. Those three are the highest rostered players on this list. Yeah, but like Sky Moore, you probably got, gosh, eighth, ninth round. Probably same with Juju, um, and Tony was right around there. So. I don't, I wouldn't drop them yet. Like Tony, first of all, I definitely wouldn't drop Tony. Um, he was horrible. He lost them the game. He had drops. He looked, he just looked so bad. And quite frankly, like, I think he's a piece of shit and has a horrible attitude. And but don't like, drop him. He's well, a piece of shit. I, just terrible because attitude, I think had that, a terrible one. Yeah, no, but I wouldn't because what did you hear from Mahomes afterwards? You heard him yeah. say, I trust that Kandarius Tony will make those plays and we're going to be able to go to him in those situations. And I trust what Mahomes says. So I think, um, you know, his, his shot, his, his opportunity is not over here. So if he redeems himself, then yes, like, He's going to be worth that where you drafted him still. I just think he's kind of like a Chase Claypool piece of shit human being. So would I bet on him to succeed there? Like probably not. But um, I think there's no like the opportunity doesn't change for Tony and more. They're going to still receive that opportunity because um, because they don't have really any other options. Yeah. You know what I mean? So until they strike out completely and they have to be like, all right, we need to go look for to trade, look to get a Mike Evans, look other places that opportunity still exists for those two. So until it doesn't, 
then I don't think you cut bait. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. So um, I think that covers the wide receivers, uh, players to drop, players to pick up. Um, let's go on to tight ends, man. Tight ends week one pick was rough. Pick them up. Pick them up. Um, yeah, yeah, tight ends were rough week one. Uh, no Kelsey, no Andrews. Um, Waller was questionable until game time. Um, you know, if you wasted, uh, or not wasted, but if you picked a tight end high, you kind of had to pivot. So hopefully you made the right decision. Hopefully uh, you didn't struggle too much there like I did. Um, so um, how about on this list of tight ends, um, Chig Okonkwo, Chingosium Okonkwosium. <laughs> um, Zach Ertz, man, Zach Ertz with 10 targets, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, Hayden Hurst, Logan Thomas, Jawan Johnson, Hunter Henry, and um, after Greg Dulcich got hurt, you know Adam Troutman was uh, active in that in that offense. So, out of those names, who are you looking at if uh, if you need tight end help uh, and you drafted someone like Cole Komet, so to speak? Um. So, to me, it's now no surprise here on this list. Um, Hayden Hurst was someone I was targeting pretty heavily. Um, and I think his, he, so he's who I have number one on this wrist list wrist. I, uh, I think Hayden Hurst is going to be Bryce Young's favorite target. Um, someone he counts on, so he's going to have to have a big role in that offense. So yeah. I think I'd look at him and then I think Hunter Henry, that's someone who in the past has already proven to be max favorite target. Um, so he would be number two, but. For the most part, I mean, this is still tight ends. This is this is all this is all streamable for me. Yeah. Um, that being said, there's a little bit more value because the range of outcomes with with, with tight ends is always so wide. Like pretty much every year, you're going to get guys drafted. You know, they're twenty tight end twenty five ADP, and they're in the top ten. So for me, guys, I would be looking to pick up is Hurst Henry. Laporta, Juwan Johnson, and then at five, Logan Thomas. Uh, Musgrave at six, but I honestly think he's going to lose trust of love because he hasn't, he just didn't look good running routes. He's just, uh, he's got a lot to figure out still, but Hunter Henry, I told you that. Laporta looks awesome. Um, they, they targeted him and he looked really good with those targets. So I'm high on Laporta. Uh, so yeah, those three would probably be the three that I would like go out and get if you were in a bad spot, Juwan and, and Logan, I don't know if I would be sold to like cut bait on someone I drafted to them yet, but you know, I, I think, I think they're both good. And I think you're going to hear a lot of Logan Thomas this year, a lot of Juwan Johnson. So that's where I'm at at tight end. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Hayden Hurst is my top tight end, uh, but my number two is Laporta. Um, and then I would go out and get uh, Logan Thomas. I, I think, you know, from he's just always kind of that steady um, target. So I, I do think Washington as a whole sucks, but that offense is still going to be putting up points and uh, Thomas is going to be heavily targeted. So, uh, yeah, Let's I'm talk bias. Where are you? Where do you have Henry? Because you're biased against him. I'm not. I'm, it's not that I'm biased against him. I'm yes, just. You I'm are. not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not believing that he's going to be, um, you know, a, a usable tight end on a weekly basis. So, except he was his favorite target two years ago. Yeah, in his in his best season in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So you're not biased. You're not stubborn. No, not at okay. all. Not one bit, Mike. <laughs> okay. Not one bit. No, I'm just, right. I just, yeah, I'm just, uh, uh what about give, Chig? Give a more weeks. Yeah. Well, we'll um, give you a couple of weeks. We'll revisit. What about Chig and what, like, what the, f I don't know. I just, why I was everyone so high on the, on Quosium and like, I um, I don't know, man. I just, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want Chig on my team. Uh, Tannehill looked garbage. Um, yeah. I, that's just, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, what are what do the titans do are they just gonna ship it in or are they gonna they're gonna they're gonna randomly win games that you don't expect them to win 
But like at quarterback, what are they going to? Oh, do? what are they going to do a quarterback? I don't know because I don't. I don't think they got the backup in the room. Like I don't think Malik Willis or fucking. Do you go to Levis eventually? Huh? Levis? No, I. I don't think so. Ride it out with Tannehill. He's your best chance. You know, unless you want to just completely send it in and uh and and punt on the whole season, then sure, go go with Will Levis and let him go out there and um flail around out there on the field craziness yeah all right well i think that about does it for the fantasy hitchhikers um everybody we named pick them up pick them up um but yeah other than that everybody buckle up stay tuned and we appreciate you for listening